we're so glad you're here today, and uh, we're excited for this season, celebrating the birth of our Savior. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. We're glad you're here worshiping with us this morning, and uh, so excited for Tim and Eve and the family and the dedication of their first grandchild. How awesome is that? And uh, so... Uh, happening for them in Southern California right now, and so what a blessing. Amen. Well, this year we started out uh, following and going through the Advent season, and again, the term Advent just means the coming, a coming, a special event, an anticipation. As we shared a couple weeks ago when we started on the first Sunday of Advent, we talked about how Christ had 353 prophecies declaring that a Savior would come about His life, His birth, His life, and, and uh, even His death and His resurrection, all foretold, told in advance that God was sending a Savior. But what happened was people weren't prepared. We get caught up in life and things just happen. Humanity has hasn't changed a whole lot. And so the Lord showed up unexpectedly. And so we're, we celebrate, and Christmas is celebrating the birth of our Savior, His first coming. But then the Word of God also gives us a promise of His second coming. And so what we do is we, the Advent season that we're doing is remembering that He came, He fulfilled His Word, but then also His Word is true, and He's going to be coming again. That's our hope. And this Sunday, we're celebrating and, and lighting the third candle, which is the candle of joy, which is the shepherd's candle. How many know the proclamation was to the shepherds in the field that it was peace on earth, goodwill towards men, and joy, amen, that they would rejoice in the joy of the Lord because the Savior was being born in Bethlehem. Paul said this in Philippians 4 and verse 5. He said, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. So the promise is that God is at hand, and we are to rejoice in our salvation. Amen? And so this morning, Tony and Laura are coming, and they're reading for us and, and lighting the Advent candle. Guys, come on. Hallelujah. The candle of joy. Praise the Lord. All right, there you go. Good morning. This is Luke 1, verses 26 through 38. And I get joy. This joy is good. In the sixth month, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man, Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel was, went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him a throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. For the Holy One 
to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she was said to be barren. Is it her? And she's in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Okay, the interpretation. It is astonishing that Mary was entirely obedient to the Lord, even though she didn't fully understand the implications of what was about to happen to her. God's will meant that Mary would be subject to ridicule and even persecution. While we believe that Mary conceived as a virgin because the word of God tells us, Mary's neighbors and family would not readily believe. Mary was a woman with a very strong faith. She not only believed God's word, but she was obedient to the Lord's instruction. As we celebrate Advent this time, let us renew our commitment to be obedient to the Lord. Say a prayer real quick. Heavenly Father, you know the times when we have trouble believing, and we ask you to increase our faith. We offer ourselves to you today in obedience to you and your word. We ask you for boldness that we may be able to follow you even when the world turns its back on us. We desire to follow you even in the face of persecution, and we ask you to guide us when the way is uncertain. And everybody said, amen. God's good, amen? Hallelujah. How many believe God does things intentionally? Amen. Does everything on purpose. And uh, I love the fact, as we shared a couple weeks ago, thank you, Kyle, that uh, the Lord... uh, uh, God in his word gave us over 353 prophecies declaring that Jesus was coming. Told us about his birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection, and even his return. Amen? And then he came, but unfortunately, people weren't prepared for his coming. And so as a church, what we want to do, we want to remember, one, that he came, and we're living in the promise and the life of all that he gave to us. And then secondly, that we're looking for his return. Praise the Lord. And we're ready and prepared for that. So, again, we are so thankful you are here today. And uh, we uh, also want to remind you next Tuesday night, not this Tuesday, but next Tuesday, we have a great service with our kids on Tuesday the 19th. Our kids, uh, children's church age kids, are doing a special program in here on Tuesday night. So be here on Tuesday the 19th. The information's in your bulletin. And we'll have a great time together. Amen. I always enjoy watching the kids, praise the Lord. And uh, also my wife gave me a note, there's a Christmas card rack in the back, and so if you brought Christmas cards to share with one another, and people are putting them back there, and so somehow they have it organized, but you can go look through it. If somebody else's look cool, go ahead and take their card and send them a thank you note, praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen, hallelujah. Well, look at your outline this morning. We want to share a thought with you, and uh, a lot of times when we decorate, we'll put the cross out and put other things in here. But this year, the Lord just really put it on my heart in this area of emphasizing, especially this Sunday, about how important, you know, on Christmas morning, we're going to share with our love with one another and with family and friends. We give, we express our love through giving. But how many know when you receive the gift, it's free to you, but it costs somebody something? And so this tree over here represents a gift of tree, a gift of blessing, and we remember God and what he's given to us, and then that love motivates us, and out of love we give, we bless others. But this tree over here reminds us that that's the price for the gift to be free over here. Amen? 
And uh, so I want to share with that a little bit with you this morning. I put the scripture in your outline so you could follow along because there's four key words that Paul brings out in Romans chapter 5 verses 1 through 11. And that is love, joy, peace, and hope. And that's what Christ gives to us. Look at your outline there beginning in verse 1. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Verse 3, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Verse 5, and this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us, because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for sinners. Wow. Verse 7. Now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Now watch this. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of His Son, while we were still enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. How many could say amen? amen? Father, I thank in these next few moments, Lord, that we will have eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive and to comprehend all that you've given to us through the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. In His name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. amen. So think about that. Paul goes to great detail here to the church at Rome, and he brings out these four words of love, joy, peace, and hope. And then he tells us that those are the benefits of all that we have in Christ. But then he finishes by saying the reason we have those benefits, because Jesus hung on this tree so we could receive the gift represented by this tree. Can you say amen? And so what an amazing thought that we have. See, Paul wanted everyone to know that they were loved by God and could have his joy within them, that they could have his peace in their souls by having their conscience purged of guilt, and that they could be sustained in life by the hope and promise of his return. Think about it. The third Advent candle that we just lit is named the shepherd's candle or candle of joy. And as we read, I like the way the New Living Translation says, I put it there in your outline, always be full of joy. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we need to remind Christians that. <laughs> they get down in the dumps, man. You remember, hey, we're saved. I like telling people that, say, how you doing? Especially on Sunday coming home from church. I'm doing great, man. I was just at church worshiping God. I'm saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, on my way to heaven, having fun in the meantime. How about you? <laughs> Why not? What are you doing? Well, you know, I'm just trying to make it. Well, get saved. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Joy. God gave us joy. I shared in first service, Pastor Sue used to be worried about me because before I got saved, I had some questionable habits. <laughs> Imbibed in some questionable substances. And uh, because I thought I needed some assistance in being happy and having joy and being somebody. We used to go out and get drunk and say, hey, let's go get drunk and be somebody. Because usually when you get drunk, you turn to somebody into somebody other than who you are. Yeah. Are you with me? And so we do that. And so after I got saved, I found out, wow, I feel this way all the time and I don't have to take anything. I just get to be happy. I just love life, enjoy life, enjoy myself. I love my own jokes. <laughs> Amen. I, this is a great life. Amen. So we got married and we have this little apartment and I'm sitting in our living room and, and I'm bouncing. I have this little Super Bowl and I'm just bouncing it off the walls, enjoying watching it go around the apartment. <laughs> she comes in. She thought I was still imbibing. So what are you doing? I said, I'm just glad to be saved. I'm enjoying life and I don't have to take anything to feel this way. It's awesome. Amen. So joy, look at that, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice, let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming. And so with that, with everything going around us in the world, hey, just remember, the Lord is coming. Could you shout amen? Well, think about that. So, and the proclamation to the shepherds was this, and the angel said to them, don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of what? Great joy, which will be to all people, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. Come on. If we've accepted Christ, we have received a Savior. That applies to every area, aspect of our life. We have a Savior and all of His provision in our life, who is Christ the Lord. I love this thought, that there's only one gift that you will ever receive in your life that does not wear out, grow old, or break over time. In fact, I wrote this down Tuesday night and put it in this message. Pastor Cole was preaching. He's talking about our most valuable resource. I get there in a moment, but I started thinking about that. What has God given to us? I mean, the gift of God is this. Think about it. It never needs repair. It repairs you. It never needs to be upgraded. It upgrades you. It never loses its power. It empowers you. It can never be out grown only grown into amen. amen and it's more than a gift it's life and life more abundantly that God has for us see Jesus as our savior and the gift of God but what he gives to us is his life not just for us on the cross but also in us as a well of life springing up Jesus said to the woman at the well look at I put it in there he replied to her in her question he said if you knew the gift of God come on if we really knew the gift of God think about that Jesus said if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is speaking to you, who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Water that doesn't dissipate. You know, we can take a drink of this water. It's really good. Amen. But I'll be thirsty again in a little bit because it's natural water. But living water is the very life of God that's in us and springing up through us. And that's what we live by. Are you with me this morning? So, like I said, Cole preached uh, Tuesday night a great message. If you're missing Tuesday night, you're missing out on a great time in the Lord. Amen. We have a blast on Tuesday night. Life gets us, pulls us in all different directions. Just go ahead and put Tuesday night back on your calendar. Praise the Lord. Now watch this. The resource of God is given to us in raw form, he told us. 
that God gives us and puts his life in us in raw form. And then we have to grow and develop that. And he preached a great message around that thought. And while I was doing that, I began thinking that's true. He gives it to us and we have to develop and refining it by using what God has given to us. We're refined by the word and the Holy Spirit purging from our lives the dross and limitations of this world. Everything about this world wants to limit you and restrict you. God's trying to take the limits off of your life. He wants you to believe beyond the border of just what you think with your mind. He wants you to live and to walk by faith. How many know 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5 and verse 7 says we walk by faith and not by because when we live by sight, we live by limitations. When we just live in our sense realm, we live by the limitations of how are you feeling. I'm not living by how I'm feeling. I want to live by what I'm knowing. And I know that I'm the redeemed of the Lord and doing different things. Next time, instead of claiming you're getting sick, why don't you claim you're taking a healing? Amen. Are you catching a cold? No, I'm trying to give it away. You want it? <laughs> give that sucker away, man. Hey. I hear the flu's going around. Yes, you can have mine. God bless you. Amen. Everybody's catching the flu, not me. I'm not chasing it. But we think, we, we say stuff that just get, and then we want to, man, I'm feeling terrible. Amen. Well, just believe God to be healed. Let's go ahead. It, wouldn't it be amazing if we just believe the word? Believe we really had a Savior that died on a cross, shed his blood, paid the price for our complete redemption, and we started living and walking in that. Wouldn't that be amazing? Think about it. I love that thought. So think about it. Look over at the next page of your outline. Accepting the gift of God, His Son, Jesus Christ, as our Savior, makes you a recipient of His life and all the resources of heaven. That'd be like giving your kid a battery-operated toy and say, Here, here's your present, you just don't get any batteries. Enjoy it. No, come on. God not only gives us the present, He gives us the power, He gives us everything. Are you with me this morning? Think about it. There's no other God. When you think about comparison and thinking about this, there is no other God, no other religion where the leader of that religion says he will put his life in his followers. None other. I did the research. I looked it up and I started Googling. I said, what other religious leader has ever died for their followers? You know what the answer is? Zero. Zero. Nobody else has ever laid down their life for those that were fallen. Jesus said, I've come to give my life a ransom for you. Wow. What an amazing Savior. Think about it. There's no other religious leader who takes your faults to himself and gives you their righteousness. No other leader says, hey, I will take your condemnation, your judgment, your sin, and I will take that upon myself. Isaiah 8, 17, or Matthew 8, 17, quoting Isaiah, said that he himself bore our iniquities and carried our infirmities. He took them to himself and bore them for us. What an amazing God. Amen? What a wonderful Savior we have. And that's what we're remembering. There's no other religious leader who takes your fault to himself and gives you their righteousness. They tell you what you must do to be right and accepted. In every religion except Christianity, you must earn your own way. Amen. Doesn't matter. There's all kinds of people that knock on your door. You know why they're there? Because they believe in a religion of works. They may say they believe in Jesus, but they believe in a religion of works. Everything else that you have to do, whether it is in Islam, whether it is you can go and read and you can become a Christianite, you can become a Buddhist, all that stuff is all works. Amen. And then when you get to Nirvana and Buddhism, you get to come back as a caterpillar. Glory to God. You get to be reincarnated in that. 
Hallelujah. I want a God that's bigger than a caterpillar. Can you shout amen? amen. Yeah. So watch this. There's no other religious leader who ever chose to lay down their life and die for their followers. Yet as we read, Christ died for the ungodly, for you and for me. See, when we receive Christ and make the choice to invest our, we make the choice to invest our lives in Him. Yet it's easy for us to forget that He chose to invest Himself, all of Himself, into our life. God chooses to put His life in us, to invest everything that He has. Think about what Jesus did. Jesus walked this earth for three and a half years. He chose a handful of men and He said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn my kingdom over to you. I'm going to invest everything I have. I'm going to fill you with my Holy Spirit. I'm going to place gifts and anointing and abilities on the inside of you. I'm going to equip you with everything. And I'm going to invest myself in believing in you and turning over my kingdom to you. And I believe you will build my kingdom in the earth. How many know God has invested greatly into your life? Amen. What an amazing Savior we have. You know, this morning, it was interesting, it tied right into my message. I turned on the radio driving up, and I heard this illustration. It's just perfect. And it's about a church that was having a missionary offering. And during the service, people were coming, and they had a, a, a big container up there. And people were putting their offering in the containers there, receiving it. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the service, this little 8- to 10-year-old boy walked up, and he's got his giant piggy bank. And you could hear him walking down the aisle. You hear the coins rattling in there. And he gets up to, to the offering container and he holds up and he pulls a cork out and all those coins, all the different denominations of coins start falling out and then when all the coins get out he starts shaking it and some crumpled up bills start falling out of different denominations and doing that. Then lastly he holds it up to the light and he looks makes sure everything's out of it and then he puts the cork back in starts walking away and the pastor goes oh my goodness. He said son I have to ask you a question. He said that's so amazing. You just gave every Thing you have. I, I mean, as just a young boy, isn't that hard for you, just as a young boy, to give everything you have to the Lord? The boy holding his piggyback just like that spouse said, No, my dad will fill it up again. <laughs> his name is El Shaddad. Amen. He'll fill it up again. But you know what? With us and with the Lord, that's what God does. We think, God, I'm emptying my life. I'm giving everything away. But Jesus said, I'll give to you a well of living water. That as you're giving out of what I'm putting into your life, I'm investing everything I have into you. And as you give it out and you just try to give it away, I'll make sure there's a flow of increase that comes upon your life that cannot be stopped. Could you shout amen this morning? Think about it. See, because we always, uh, uh, we, when we receive Christ, he gives everything. But because he sees us according to the value he created us with. You are made in his image and in his likeness. And that means you are made with immeasurable value. Every one of us is made in the image of God, which means you have immeasurable value in God's eye. And God invests in you all that he has, all of the resource of heaven. So the value he placed in you will be manifest through your life. Think about it. God wants more for you and has more for you than you will ever want for yourself or see in yourself. He wants you to be all that he created you to be. Wow. What an amazing God we serve. Amen. I'm so thankful that Jesus paid the price on a cross for you and I to receive the gift of him as our Savior. So what about Christmas and Christ in you, the hope of glory? As I finish this this morning. 
We must consciously make God bigger than any circumstance or situation in your life. The gift of God to you in Christ is greater than anything you will ever face. God's love, God's life, His promises, His word. Do you know this book is filled with over 7,000 promises? Do you know every one of them is just to you as a person and an individual? Every promise that God has spoken is for you. It's personally. If God had written this book and you were the only one that ever received it, it doesn't matter to Him. He sees everybody equally and gives Himself completely and equally to every person. But we live in such a negative, constrictive world. Most of the time we talk ourselves out of the goodness of God. Instead of talking ourselves into it. So what do we have to do? This is what we have to do. We have to make God bigger than any circumstances. It is imperative that we actively work to shrink everything but God. Amen. You listen to people talk. There are things a lot bigger. I teased about it the other day, just a few weeks ago. But a, a friend of mine was just posting that, that he didn't like using touch screens in restaurants and stuff. Because he didn't know. See, if you look at mine, there's all kinds of fingerprints over there. And to him, he thought every one of those fingerprints was a germ. And I said, well, if they are, I'm bigger than that. I can at least smash a germ. Amen. Well, I don't want to touch that. I might get sick if I, if I eat something after I touch the screen with somebody else's germ on it. I said, wait a minute. I thought you were a faith man. Because my, my Bible says, I don't know if it's in yours or not. You may not have that version. My Bible says, if you eat any deadly thing, it shall not harm you. Amen. That's why if I drop stuff on the floor, I still eat it. People drop their cookie. I'm like, you going to eat that? No, I dropped it. Thank you. I wanted one. Hallelujah. Amen. That's how you get more food at a buffet. You just bump arms. Hey, thank you. Hallelujah. Think about it. We must consciously, but yeah. We must consciously and constantly make God greater. The Bible says, "Magnify the Lord, not the circumstance or the problem." Do it in your faith, in your prayer, in your walk, and especially in your fears, because He is the greater one. You know, today, if you have a phone that can take pictures or video, you are on-the-spot reporter. And so you can be something happening, an incident, something negative, or whatever's going on, and you can post that and millions of people will see it. You know something? If you really look at all the problems we have in the world, we don't have that many problems if you figure them per capita. Yeah, it's terrible that we've had a couple of... Tr- I mean, it, I'm, I don't, I don't want to devalue any of the, of the negative or, or the tragedies that have happened. And we have had, uh, unfortunately, church shootings and violence in church. And people get all afraid about everything. But you know what? We have over 375,000 evangelical churches in America. And yes, there's been a couple of tragedies in those churches. But that's a couple out of 375,000. So the odds are pretty good. That you don't have to be afraid to go to church. Are you listening to me? But people will hear something. Oh my God. That's going to happen where I live. No it's not. 
Amen. But because we hear. And, and then, because things are happening, we think disasters are greater and they're larger. But the reason we hear more disaster and there's more devastation, because we now live in a people with almost, uh, Earth, with almost 7 billion people on planet Earth. And so years ago, when the population was smaller, 10, 20, 30 years ago, I think about them walking down the hall. I'm talking to our friends I met from Reading. I'm I'm telling them I'm born there and raised there. But man, I graduated from high school 45 years ago from there. But 45 years ago, when I was in high school, if there was a storm, if there was a fire, woods got burned up, but not a thousand houses. But now people live everywhere. You drive the hills up here, there'll be a house way up on top of a hill out in the middle of nowhere. And I'm thinking, man, I hope they don't run out of milk. <laughs> and I don't want to drive to work from there. How, how long does it take you to get to work? Well, it take me an hour just to get back to the road, let alone wherever I have to go. I say, man, the wife says we're out of butter. Milk the cow. Do this for a while. You'll have butter. Hallelujah. <laughs> but fears are out there and things are happening. And tragedy is tragedy. It shouldn't happen. It's devastating. But because we're inundated with information, we're making fears bigger than our faith. And Jesus came so we would not be... You can write this down. Hebrews 2 verse 14. He came to destroy him who had the power of death so you and I would no longer have to live by the fear of death. Hallelujah. Are you with me? So watch it. So we need to pray and read the Word of God with our hearts truly open to the Holy Spirit and come away with a God. There's no, excuse me, we can never pray, read, and come away with a God who is smaller than our problems or our needs. When you read the Word of God, He will always be magnified above all things. Come on, make God great in your life. Magnify the Lord. Amen? Not your problems. So what do we do? You need to pray, believe, speak, and declare the word of God in agreement with and according to the power of the greater one who is living and working in you. That's the Christmas gift. God gave his son to come and put all of his life on the inside of you. Jesus said this in John 16. If you love me, you keep my commandment. The Father and I will come and we will make our dwelling place in you. Amen. Think about that. We, we think about, well, I don't want to meet somebody who's demon possessed. That's all right. I'm Holy Ghost possessed. And, and the spirit in me is greater than the spirit in them. But we get afraid of demon. And yet the Bible says that the devil is under your feet. I'm just throwing some examples out to you of all the things that we're afraid of, all the things we're worried about, all the things we think we might catch, could catch, will catch. Amen. I just have one more statement to you as I said earlier. Quit chasing that stuff. Start chasing after God. Start speaking the word of God. Keep magnifying God. Make something, declaration of faith in your life. And watch God come through every time. Hallelujah. Amen. I tease all these young guys. They're going, oh man, my back hurt. Oh, this hurt. I don't know. I said, man, you'd be a mess when you're my age. You come call me. I'll help you when I'm 90. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So watch it. Christ in you, the hope of glory, paid for at the cross and freely given to you. That's what this is about. Christ in us, the hope of glory. So worship team comes back. Jesus said this in John 14 as we read. Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift of God, the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living 
water, living water. The life God has for you is a, is a life full of life. Amen. You should be excited about life every day. It doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter the circumstances. It just matters that you know God is on the inside of you. I was thinking like this. Man, if somebody was to take my life, what are they going to do? Promote me to heaven? What if I, oh my goodness, what if I die? Well, in your next breath, where will you be? Are you doing all right? Oh man, what if somebody shot me? Well, glory to God. Your food bill would go down. Wouldn't have to make an S house payment, car payment. Wouldn't have to worry about your 401k going down. Wouldn't have to worry about anything. You'd be in the presence of God. To be absent from the body is to be. To be absent from the body is to be. Amen. So I'm just thinking, praise God. I have a hope. Come on, I have God's love that's been set upon me. Jesus says, my peace I give unto you. A peace that goes beyond all understanding. He gives us his peace on the inside. And then I have his joy. Joy is the fruit of the Spirit. And the Bible declares that joy is my strength. Sometimes we don't have strength because we allow our joy to be stripped away by the lies of this world. Amen. I have the joy of the Lord. Amen. And then I have the hope. The hope, my hope, my hope is in Him. My hope is in Him. Stand with me this morning. Maybe you're here today, and I, I, I said it in first service, I'll say it again. I, I never take for granted where anybody is in their relationship with God. Because we can look like do like, act like, talk like we're saved but that doesn't, acting like it looking like it and doing it doesn't mean we are it's a heart relationship this is Eve we're sharing about relationship I know a lot of people that act like, look like talk like and say they're married but when you look at their relationship that's not what marriage was supposed to be it wasn't meant to be that and so many times we just need to make that adjustment and I believe this I believe that in my marriage I need to constantly reaffirm my love to my wife we just celebrated 38 years of marriage I'm chasing Wayne and Sally amen I thought about that the other day glory to God 18 years it'll be 50 years Woo! I'm close catching up amen think about that but to do that I need to reaffirm I, and it needs to be more than word. I, I need to show that I love my wife. I need to express my love. And if I say I love God, and I'm in a relationship with Him, I need to have things that, that affirm that, that validate that, that I live that way. And one way is believing in His gift for me. Believing that He's given His life. He's invested all that He has into me. So like that little boy, I could invest my whole life knowing that I never lose nothing. But my father's always refilling my life. Every time I give, he's refilling. You know, I made a decision a long time ago not to live by somebody else's seed. Amen. I don't want to worship by somebody else's offering. David said this. He said that I refuse to offer the Lord something that costs me nothing. I don't want to offer God. I don't want to offer God worship in a house that I have no investment in. I don't want to offer God anything that, that somebody else provides for, pays for. That's why I want to be fully invested. I want to live off the harvest of my seed. Can you say amen?
until this morning, I, I, I'm not taking for granted where anybody is. So I'm going to ask us all just to pray this prayer. Let's make this declaration. Come on, God has given you a gift of His complete life and His time. He invests everything He has into you. So I want you to pray this with me. Heavenly Father, today I believe you love me so much. You gave your Son for me to have life, your life, eternal life, living in me. Today I confess Jesus Christ, my Lord, my Savior, Forgive me of all my sin. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I believe that by grace I'm saved, born again, made new, the righteousness of God, healed, prosperous, delivered, victorious, because Jesus is my Savior. If you believe that, say amen. Hallelujah. Come on, Jesus is our Savior. He redeems you from the curse of the law. He redeems you from physical sickness and from spiritual death. Amen?